What if business could be fun? This podcast is for people who no longer want work to be a four-letter word. It is a comedic look at the myths of work, life, and balance, where we expose the kind of thinking that sucks your will to live, and we replace it with powerful, easy-to-use tools so that you can shift gears and laugh about it all. The only requirement to listen is you need to be human. Okay. Hello and welcome. I am, my name is Elaine Williams and I am so excited to be with our my fabulous podcast partner, Kathy Keegan. We are still human and we have the most amazing, fabulous guest that Kathy is going to introduce in a second. But I just wanted to welcome you in case you're new to us. Kathy Keegan and I started working together and we just kept laughing so much as we worked on our stories and marketing. We said, I think this is supposed to be a podcast. And we realized that we wanted to sort of pull back the curtain and with laughter and talk about the insanity of a being human right now at this time and being a business owner and coaching and like all the things they don't tell you in the million dollar masterminds that we wish we had known. And, and the name still human came about because we were, we're both really great coaches and speakers, but sometimes when it comes to ourselves, we're like, I'm stuck, you know, so ah, talk me off the ledge. So that's why we created our podcast. We wanted it to be a comedic, fresh take on things. Cause I think when we can add fun, you can add breath, you can have more fun. So welcome, welcome. If you're new to us, please subscribe. We're so glad you're here. And I am going to turn it over to Kathy Keegan. Hey, um, we are so glad you're here, and I am so thrilled to have Anamani Santos with us today. I normally just refer to her as Anamani, but I'm going to give you her last name because you want to be in touch with her. Um, we've been friends for a number of years now, and she has just taught me so much about sort of being human, but in a way that's kind of almost not human, you might say. She is a modern-day shaman. And we're going to learn a little bit more about that as we talk today. Um, she was minding her own business, living her life, being a high-level consultant with one of the big firms. She was an electrical engineer. She's doing all these things. And then something happened. She got some information. She got a download. And that kind of changed everything. And it changed the trajectory of her life. So we are delighted to have her here today. Anamani, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. It's so, uh, I'm, I'm just honored to be with both of you and excited about bringing humor into this uh, experience that I've had. We, uh, my guides always like to remind me we have to keep it light. So I think we'll be doing a lot of that today as, as we're talking. So, yeah. So, Anamani, I, you know, I love the story about how you were just minding your own business, living your own life, and all of a sudden, bam. So, you want to say a little bit about that? Sure. So, I was working in a uh, nonprofit, and uh, I was uh, in, in the leadership team, and it was 2003, and there was a lot going on in my life. Um, there were, I was married at the time, but we had been having issues. Um, all these things had happened. I was a consultant initially for this uh, uh, nonprofit organization, 
and we had come in to do some strategy work. And all of a sudden, the company I was working for in New York City decided to shut down, and I was a consultant for them. And, and you know, I chose to, to start looking for something else, and this organization actually ended up offering, offering me a job. And in that crux of about, you know, two or three months, I ended up becoming an employee at this organization. And it was right before I became a full-time employee there that I had this dream. So it was October, November, I became a full-time employee. But in the dream, it was very surreal. I was having um, all these uh, symptoms, you know, fainting spells. I would be in meetings and all of a sudden I would get pale and people would go like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> um, and it was, I didn't know what was going on. And it's, you know, for anybody who knows about the energy centers, the crown, the top of your head is the place where that connection to the spirit um, happens. And so it's like that part of me was trying to get my attention, but there was definitely a lot of resistance on my part. But in the dream, I was in an um, elevator and I think we were in uh, like a skyscraper. So spirit was using you know, analogies and symbols that I knew well. And the, you know how in the in um, movies, the cable breaks loose and we're like free falling in this elevator. It makes a hole through the, the side of the building and starts skidding over this muddy water, which then I understood were, were my emotions of, I was in this, you know, dark night of the soul and going through some really difficult times. But there was a, a woman on the bank of the river who I believe was like an angelic guide, like a guardian angel. And she pulls me out of the elevator. And, and I heard this voice that just said, you know, my child, I have a mission for you. You're not going to understand what it is, but be patient because in time, you know, it will all be revealed. And I joke about it now that I'm so glad I wasn't told what the mission was right there and then, because I probably would have, you know, been running in fear and never would have stepped forward. But it gave me the courage to look at my life in that moment and, and know that the first thing I needed to do was to take my power back. And, and part of that was leaving the unhealthy relationship that I was in. So it just opened the doorway for all the rest that's been happening for, you know, the last 17 years. That's just incredible. And the, the whole idea of sort of it, the mission, you get, you get information. And I always think about this is that I get as much as I need to do what I need to do. And sometimes it's hard to trust that. You know, I was talking the other day with somebody and they were saying to me that if you mute, if mute, something mutates too fast, that's cancer. So everything in its season, things have the time that they take. It happens when it's supposed to happen. And it can be very hard in our workaday world with our brains to sort of say, I'm going to, I'm going to fast forward on this one. You know, I'm just going to intellectually go 10 years out. We don't, we really can't do that. We think we can, but we kind of can't. Yeah. 
I love that. I was just thinking how, to me, that's grace. That's like, I'm so grateful. I didn't know how hard it was going to be to get sober or how hard it was going to be to move to New York City or start stand-up comedy or, you know, like, thank God you don't know. <laughs> you only know a little bit. I think that's such a gift, you know. So so I have a question on Amani. So I first met you when... I was I um, tagged along with you and Kathy to go see Amaji and your other friend. It was such a gift. It was such a beautiful day of healing and the energy. And I've never seen that many New Yorkers packed into one hotel ballroom going, oh, excuse me. No, after you. I was like, where am I? This is not New York City. Like it was it was such a cool experience. And and I was. I was telling Kathy, like there is, I call myself half woo. Like I'm, I love woo woo, but I'm, I'm like half woo and half practical, you know, working my way through school, like show me the things. Okay. That's cool. But how do I relate it? And then there was a part of me that was so drawn to your energy and your beautiful cards. And yet there was another part of me that was like, are you kidding? Are you really going to go do this with a shaman? Like you've done colonics, Elaine, you've done all kinds of things, but you know, a shaman? Really? And, you know, and we, we just had one session, but it was amazing. And, uh, so I don't even know what I'm trying to say, I guess. I guess I would love to know about your training once you, so you had the dream and then you were on this path and then how do you become a shaman? Like I've always heard the word. I know people who've studied with shamans. Did you go to Queen Elizabeth and she knighted you? I'm just kidding. Like, how does that how does it work? So I purposely use modern day shaman because most shamans, um, not myself, train in lineages, you know, Peru and different, you know, countries where they go and study the lineage. It's usually um, through oration. Um, but all most of what comes through me is all divinely guided. It's through my guides. So um, for me, the term shaman is being able to bridge worlds, to be being able to journey uh, throughout different worlds. I would say I'm more of a galactic shaman who, you know, travels through dimensions. Um, I don't use that term because most people don't understand it. But in simple terms, I'm taking you on a journey to help you recognize where are the places within you where love needs to be restored for all of us that's really you know the answer so i help to alchemize what's in the way and i work with a lot of different beings and ascended beings um, who come through me so it's like i become this jukebox of sounds and vibrations and what i call soul language some people call it light language to be able to do that. But, but most importantly, I think I understand my role is helping bridge you to your own soul. So the part of you that is bigger than this body. Um, and, you know, many of us have a hard time coming to terms. Some, some are too attached to the human body and some are too attached to the spirit. And there's gotta be, you know, the balance. That's why I love, you know, your, you know, the name of your podcast, which is still human. So even though like I'm so connected into those realms, 
I still have to live in this human body. I still have to, you know, interact with other people and be human. And, and there is a balance of, you know, building that relationship with that part of you that is, um, in an article that I just wrote, you know, your North Star, the, the captain of your ship, it wants to guide you. But we are conditioned not to trust our intuition. You know, that's the part that's bringing the intuition through. So when you're talking about, you know, hearing these voices and one of those voices, you know, is the voice of that higher part of you. Some people call it the higher self. I call it your divine self. But then there's all these other voices, right? Voices from your ego, voices from your inner critics. And we have to learn how to distinguish the voices so that we can um, find that place of balance within and really work on restoring the love because that's what it's about. And it took me a long time to figure that out. You know, I kept living the world, my life from the outside in and believing that you know, I had to choose a career that somebody else said I should do because I was good in math. You know, that's why I chose engineering. Like, oh, you're good in math and science. Why, why don't you become an engineer? I didn't even know what I wanted to be. And I, so I became an electrical engineer. Why don't you do this? You know, so I had all these people like telling me what I should be doing. And I did like for so many years. And, and that dream kind of, it just opened the doorway for me to recognize like, oh my God, I've been living somebody else's life, not my own. And that's when things started to get interesting. And it wasn't like it was easy. There was a lot of resistance, you know, um, but step by step, uh, people started to show up in my life who you know, help to open the doorway. And it turns out that it was very easy for me to connect to spirit. So many guides started to, to come through. Um, and I began to have many mystical experiences. I had them as a little girl. And I've told Kathy this story before. When I was four, I would remember me being lifted out of bed and like flying in the sky with the angels and I could see the trees underneath me in my house. And then they would slowly put me back in bed and I would wake up and I would, I would remember I would be having so much fun and twirling and laughing and just felt so free. But one day I told a cousin of mine about my out of body experiences and he said, you're crazy. And so of course, I shut myself off and I was like, okay, I don't want to be crazy. I don't want to be called crazy. And, uh, and I want to be accepted. So, so then, you know, I completely shut that part of me off. And it was the dream that opened that, that energy center again for me to be able to reconnect. But I believe everything happens the way it's supposed to. I was supposed to go through all those things. I was supposed to learn all that. I was supposed to experience it all so that I could then teach others, you know, how to do the same. You don't have to live your life that way. 
I know. My, we have both been bobbing our heads so much that one of my chins is actually getting smaller. I am so delighted. You know, I, and I, I love what you're talking about here is that, you know, one of the things Elaine and I are always saying is that it really is an inside job. And it's so hard to, you don't get a dopamine hit when you breathe, unless you're in a situation where you can't breathe. Then all of a sudden, breathing becomes more important. But some of the very things that we have right at our fingertips are things that can help us open up and help us feel more solid and operate from who we really are rather than what we what people want us to be and that feeling of wanting to belong if somebody said that to me i would have shut down right away too no doubt about it yes i was just thinking i remember in second grade going to sleep and and I'm pretty sure I was like cruising out in the Milky Way. I remember that. But of course, I didn't tell anybody because, you know, you just didn't talk about that stuff. Um, I love what you said, too, because, you know, I, I love when people are like, oh, just follow your gut. Just, you know, listen to your inner voice. I have a lot of inner voices. There's a lot going on. You know, I mean, that's one reason I love to meditate and do yoga, because it gets I get down to like two or three voices instead of like a whole crew, you know, and I'm not, I know I'm not like mentally ill in that regard, but you know, sometimes I have like the critic, then the cheerleader, then family stuff, you know, like sometimes I'm like there, what, what do you mean? Listen to your voice. There's a lot. <laughs> so perfectly put. Um, I, I regularly have to fire this committee, but it's a committee that I assemble. You know, nobody's doing it to me. That's the other interesting thing. I staff it and then I have to fire them, you know, and, and, and then also the other thing I've been trying to do is sort of make friends with all of them somehow, some way. And, and just sort of when the inner critics there, I got, I learned this from Sark to sort of listen to the inner critic along with me and my inner wise self and say, Oh, inner critic, you have some complaints. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write all those complaints down. And so in my head, all the stuff, it's like, you do this too much. You're not this, you're not that. And I do this whole brain dump and it takes, I don't do it all the time, but it, I've done it a few times and stuff comes out and sentences are written. And then you say to the, in, the inner critic, thank you so much for telling me. And now my inner wise self and I are going to sit together and we're going to work these things out and we're going to correct those problems. Then you send them to do something like really. So Sark sends hers to be an egg inspector at like a huge egg warehouse distribution because she's got a real perfectionist. And so she sends that person off that, um, that inner critic off to just to keep them busy so that they're not showing back up in, you know, in my neck of the woods. Um, so there are all these creative ways to be able to do that. And, um, I just, I, I just love how that the, the solutions are simpler than you, than, than you realize. I know for many years I wanted it sexy. I was just like, there's no way that's going to work. I didn't believe that that stuff would work. You know, we always, it's so funny on Imani, we always talk about like the unsexy parts of business. You know, like you go to these workshops and everyone looks cool and they're on the stage with lights and 
flowers or a whole team or, you know, and it, it just looks fun and cool to be like, wow. And then, you know, you don't think of the years and years of them like pounding away over their, you know, computers or, or just, you know, the, the three webinars they did when nobody came or, you know, we call that the unsexy, the unsexy stuff. So, um, well, and that's the repetition, right? The repetition to mastery. It's you're doing the, you're doing the same, same thing over and over and you're getting better at it rather than the other part of it. So there's a fine line, right? Because there are also things that you can do over and over again and they're insane. So isn't it funny how as human beings, right? Mastery is just this side of insanity in some ways because we're doing the same thing over, but we're doing it to, to, to better ourselves. So on Amani, for example, um, had you had much of a meditation practice before you started getting these downloads or downloads or <laughs> downloads? Downloads. <laughs> that sounds kinky. Can I meet one? <laughs> but were there things that sort of in reaction to that, that you found yourself starting to do, or had you had practices in place? I, I, I did not. I mean, I've, I was raised Catholic and so prayer, was always, you know, part of my practice, but I wasn't a, you know, we weren't like every Sunday churchgoers, but, but my family did, you know, uh, believe in prayer and in Thanksgiving, we would do a prayer, but it did open up, um, you know, the, the dream opened up me meeting people. And it was in fact, a meditation class after that dream that a friend had invited me to. And it was funny because the guy, he had been like an accountant and now he was like an energy healer. And I was like, what is this about? Like, you know, and I go to this class and I'm sitting in class and he was teaching more than meditation. There was an energy element to it, like teaching us how to ground in our bodies um, how to use that same energy, like when you were in meetings to try to bring calmness into the room. So that was really, really helpful. Um, but it was in that class where a woman who did not know me comes up to me at the end and says, what do you do for a living? And I said, well, I'm in marketing. I was in marketing at the time. She goes, do you know you're supposed to be a healer? And I kind of looked at her and I didn't know you know, it, it resonated, but I didn't know what it meant. And so I did, you know, start taking classes. That was the doorway. Uh, a friend of mine recommended a book by Shakti Gawain, which is on creative visualization. And she has some guided meditations in that. And that was how I started meeting my guides. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was through the practices she had in that book where she would like take you into a garden and say, you know, let's meet your, your guardian angel or one of your guides. And it turns out I had like all these guides that were ready to like work with me and, you know, and they started showing up and a lot of them were Egyptian guides. Uh, they would take me into temples and that's how the energy started to open up in me. But I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, you, you mentioned the breath. Um, you mentioned, you know, all those inner critics. And the breath really is the doorway. When I started moving more into 
you know, spiritual practice. And, and I tell, you know, all the people I work with that you really have to have a spiritual practice. And, but it doesn't have to be, I think some teachers are too rigid with, you know, it has to be a certain way. I don't believe in that. I feel we all have a uniqueness to our soul and how we were created. So you have to just find what works for you. And the most important piece of that is finding something that helps you go into that space. I call it a space of communion, introspection, right? A place where maybe you're in your zone. And I've heard so many different, you know, like my, um, my younger brother would say that when he was snowboarding, he felt in the zone, right? You see basketball players, they're in their zone when they're really focused on making that shot. Um, you know, we can do that through meditation, but you can also do it in many other ways. When I'm creating a piece of art, I put on many times, you know, it might be classical music or other music that I know takes me to that space. So music can take you into the zone. And when you're in that zone, it's just opening up and surrendering to whatever needs to happen. And your soul already knows what that is. So I want to invite all those listening here to find what that is for you. It's not always going to be what somebody else tells you. I'm always going to remind you, find within, you know, what it is that works for you. Because what works for me may not work for everybody else. But one thing I do know is the breath, because shamans use the breath a lot. You know, we, I will breathe in a certain way, and I know it's a shamanic breath. It's like I'm, I'm using the breath to move uh, energy. And, and long ago, when I started my journey, I wrote a lot of, um, you know, poetry. It's not your traditional poetry. It was kind of channeled um, type poetry. And many words around the, the breath is the doorway. The breath is the doorway. And they kept saying that the breath is the doorway, you know, for you connecting in to creator, to the universe, to, you know, that bigger part of you, that if you just use that, it's there. It's so easy, right? And we're talking about things being unsexy, but that. There's nothing better than that. Like just taking this nice, deep breath, it immediately shifts everything for you. Oh, I, I'm just, I'm blown away um, by your wisdom, by your sharing, by these reminders. And, and, th and doing them, you're able to do it in a way that's just so full of love and kindness. You know, um, I think that, we all in our way, we want to, we want to help everyone. You know, we want, I, I know that's how I am. And I know Elaine is too. And you too. It's sort of like, I just want people to be able to live their best lives. I want them to be able to have a great life, but me telling you what to do isn't going to do it. So learning those ways to be able to communicate. And in our case too, with Elaine and I, talking about the foibles and the things that we end up doing. And I do want to ask you on a money, um, do your guides have a sense of humor? Do you have like an instance where you, you were just sort of like, what? Yes. In fact, they were showing me, <laughs> um, 
so there's a consciousness that I channel. They call themselves Ishtar. It's a, a group of souls that come together and have their Syrian souls. And, and um, every time that I was like working with a, a soul sister of mine, um, and a couple times she wore rollers uh, in her hair and <laughs> Ishtar, it was hilarious. They would go, hello, my dear. It's so wonderful to see those rollers on your head again. And you look so beautiful. And, you know, and but they were doing it from this place of like, hey, no matter what you have on your head, you look beautiful. But we're also going to make this light. Right. Because laughter, you know, that this is why I really love what you guys are doing. Laughter is another way to shift energy. Laughter is another way to bring joy into being. And, you know, the guides always remind me, like, you know, humans sometimes take things too seriously. And so we're going to make you laugh. And so they would do things, you know, to bring the lightness. And I might be like working on somebody and all of a sudden I just start laughing and they go like, what's going on? And then I'll tell them or I'll say something that they're saying because they just want to create the doorway for the lightness to happen. Because sometimes if we're too serious, maybe we'll resist more what is trying to support you in the moment. And by laughing, right, you open the doorway for them to kind of sneak in and help you feel safe because it really is about, you know, when when you're resisting, it's that you're scared. And that's normal. We all have those experiences. And so bringing in laughter can create a shift where you just open your heart and you go, oh, because you start laughing. You know, you just, you, you just get into the energy and, and it takes you where you need to go. And, and that's part of what I had to learn the hard way was really surrendering that, you know, everything doesn't happen the way our human mind wants it to happen. The minute we put expectations about around something, we're going to be disappointed many times. And so we have to learn to just surrender to the moment in every moment. And you're going to get the guidance of what you need to do next. And we were talking about this, I think, today, Kathy, you know, the next step and the next step. You're not always you don't need to know the whole, you know, what's in front of you. You need to trust and surrender to the guidance you're getting in that moment. And you're always going to get the right guidance of what's in your highest good. We all tend to hold back. But even if you make a mistake, guess what? The universe self-corrects. So all we have to do is just take the step. And if there's a better way, something else is going to show up and it's going to self-correct. So we're just being asked to trust in each of those moments to keep moving forward. I I love that, Anamani. And I I wanted to ask, because I, I think of like our listeners and I think of you know, so many people in my communities out here in Montclair, there's been high states of anxiety, depression. There's, it's been a tumultuous 2020, right? And um, so if somebody's listening and they, maybe they had a spiritual practice, but it's been a while, or maybe they tried meditation and they're like, I can't do it. And I've been there, you know, what would you suggest if they're like, 
okay, so I need to be more in touch. Like, what is something simple that people could do if they're like, this is a new concept or it's an old fuzzy concept? Yeah, I mean, a couple things come to mind is I think um, part of the reason I ask my guides, like, why am I speaking in this language that people kind of look at me and go, like, what are you doing? You know, and it's... It's like, you know, you sitting in a church and somebody speaking in tongues and, you know, your human mind, yeah, it doesn't understand it, but guess what? Your, your spirit and your soul does. And, and so I asked him, I said, why all of a sudden is all of this channeling happening on the planet? Because there's many people channeling and I believe we can all do it. And they said, because the human, we are so conditioned to our thoughts Right. We get so conditioned to believing our thoughts, to believing we are our thoughts um, and music and that language transcends thought. It goes directly where you need it. So one of the things that came to mind is, you know, on YouTube, there are many, many, you know, different meditations, but there are frequencies, the solfagio frequencies. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Correctly? Is it solfagio? So I mean... Let me say it with a Boston accent, solfeggio. <laughs> yes. So there's a couple that I listen to that have different frequencies. And you just put your headphones on and there are frequencies like for fear, for anxiety. And if you just type in the solfeggio in um, YouTube, there'll be a whole bunch of meditations in there for free. Yeah, for free. There's a group, I think it's called Meditative um, Mind, and they have a lot of those um, videos in there. And you pop, you know, your headphones on and close your eyes and let those frequencies and vibrations just start to clear out your space. And you're going to feel a difference because I even, you know, do that. Um, you know, another way is, you know, certainly, you know, guided meditation where you're listening, somebody else guiding you through a journey, through a meditation. There's like energy center chakra clearings. So there's a lot of that on YouTube. One exercise, because because my my goal is to connect, you know, people to their own spirit, to their own soul, to your higher self. So there's an easy exercise that that I like to invite people to do. And it's, you know, you close your eyes and you imagine that that part of you is standing behind you. And if you're a female, you would imagine, you know, it's a replica of you and she's putting her hands on your shoulders. And if it's a male, you know, it's a replica of them. And you start to envision, you know, this part of you connecting in through the back of your heart and I like to use, you know, pink and green light. And you're seeing the energy flowing like an infinity symbol back and forth, back and forth. And imagining that energy moving from, you know, their heart into your heart and your heart back into their heart. And you just stay in that flow back and forth, back and forth, feeling that pink and green light moving from that part of you into your heart and your heart into their heart. And although this part of you isn't separate from you, I do this exercise to amplify the opportunity for you to feel 
what does it feel like to be in the presence of my own divinity? What does it feel like? Right? And maybe at the beginning, you don't feel anything. And that's okay. But the more you do it, because it's so easy, right? You're just using your imagination. That is one of the greatest gifts we have is the imagination. If you can imagine it, you know, you can create it. We are imagining that that part of us is standing behind us. And then you can imagine that it comes into your body and it sits within you, right? And you're really embodying and connecting through your heart center to this part of you that has been with you through time and space. It's never been separate. It's always been there. It's never gone. It loves you eternally. It wants to guide you. And it's just waiting for you to call it forward. And I and that's part of what I've been reminding people. You know, we we all have amnesia. We we came we forget who we are. I totally yeah. You know, we came into this body with amnesia. We we don't know everything about ourselves. But guess what? Over time, it starts to be revealed when we're ready to receive it. And the more you connect with this part of you, the more you're going to remember like, oh, my God, yeah, I can do this. Like it's already inside of me. Oh, my gosh. This is so funny. I keep hearing this. This has been my lesson this week of open heart, heart meditation, heart centering and uh, imagination. And then earlier today, I was on LinkedIn and there's a video that has gone viral. It's an old lady in a, in a wheelchair with Alzheimer's and she used to be a ballerina. And so you see her and she's literally like doing the movements in her frail little body. And then they would show clips of Swan Lake and it was so amazing. And I know that there is something about music that can people can connect with, even if they can't, can't do the language. And so to me, that's all along the lines of what you're saying. Like there's a, a spirit and an energy that transcends the spoken word. And it, it's so moving. If you get a chance to see this beautiful lady, just. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love that. I love that. And I, I feel, I know that for me, energetically, I've moved to a much calmer, more peaceful place as a result of our talk today. Um, you know, and I, and I, again, I love the fact that we have this available to us. You know, none of the things that we talked about today are unavailable. They're all things that you can do right now. You know, so, so if you have the chance to do that, you know, give it a try. You know, give it a try. Take a few minutes and, and see what happens. You know, I, you know, just to be able to pause. There is more time sometimes than we think, even in our very busy lives. There are you have those moments where there really isn't a thing to do. And you can just take that moment, you know, and, and be connected. You know, tack it on, you know, you tack it on to other stuff you're doing. You know, the phone rings. Ah, oh, take a nice full breath. You know, you hear a car horn honk, you know, of course that's different now because people do that in response to speeches now, right? Everybody is in a drive-in and somebody speaks and you're like, beep, 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 beep. It's like, how do you know? How do you know if you land it? Yeah. Is that a good honk or a bad honk? I don't know. So 
This is beautiful and amazing. So Anamani, if people want to know more, how do they find you? Tell us. Yes, they can come to my website at anamanispeaks.com. I offer, you know, free consultations. It's interesting. I think all of this energy has really been calling people forward, um, getting notes of, you know, my soul wants to come home. What do I do? And that, you know, that is so powerful. The most important thing is when you become aware that you know there's something more for you to do, there's something else or something that's keeping you stuck. And you say, what can I do to move beyond that? So if you're somebody out there who feels that way, that you know there's something more for you to do, you you feel stuck in a part of your life, you want to know more about what your purpose is. You know, part of the work I do is helping people embrace their gifts and really unleash your soul's genius. That's my gift is to help you show up in the world as who, you know, you're meant to be. And we all have it inside of us. It's not just one of us. It's all of us, all of us. That's so great. So Anumani Speaks. AnumaniSpeaks.com. Can you, we'll, and we'll put the link in the notes. Yeah, so that you have it. And what a blessing. Yes. Yes. Such a blessing to be with both of you. If people want to find you because they want a hilarious coach. Well, yes, I am a hilarious coach. Um, I don't know if that sounds right. I'm going to have to think about that. But, but I, I am. I do, I do coach and kathykeegan.com, Kathy with a K, K A T H Y, K E E G A N.com, M O U S E. And then, of course, I'm going to toss it over to my good girl over here, Elaine. And how would one get in touch with you? Well, I love to help people with their story and finding their voice and owning their power, sort of. It very parallel with the two of you. And um, the best way is Elaine, E-L-A-I-N-E, at Captivate the Crowd. Although we are working on some cool stuff for our podcast at the speed of Kathy and Elaine. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. And I do free trainings. And um, we can't wait to have you back on Amani. Thank you so much for sharing your fabulous gift and your energy. And yeah, I have to say, I feel calm but energized like whoa <laughs> thank you it's a blessing to be with you both i knew we were going to be doing a lot of laughing that's always good for the heart and you know to raise the joy and the vibe so i hope uh you know the audience gets to feel our vibe it was awesome thank you everybody thank you so much for listening look at you thank you so much we can't wait to see you next time Yay! You made it to the end. Thank you so much for listening. We're so excited you were here. Feel free to reach out at stillhumanpodcast at gmail.com or Kathy at kathykeegan.com or Elaine at captivatethecrowd.com. See you next time. <laughs>